game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back to the right wing point. CeCe across the line. Kulak on the left. Gets it in front of the net off of Hyman. Scores! Nugent Hopkins found the loose puck. And the Oilers have a 4-3 lead. A lead they would not relinquish. The Edmonton Oilers beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3 tonight at Rogers Place to even their record at 3-3. It's the Penguins' first regulation time loss of the season. They're 4-1-1. After a somewhat concerning first 22 minutes of the game, the Oilers absolutely took over four goals in the second period to turn a 3-1 deficit into a 5-3 lead. And then Ryan McLeod got some insurance in the third to give the Oilers the victory as they score six times and do not get a point from Connor McDavid this evening who is plus one in 1914 of ice time couple of shots on goal he left the game for a few minutes in the second period after being taken down and colliding with the goalpost the Japanese village goal light is on on 630ched.com head there right now print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese village Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse reserve your party at jvedmonton.ca we turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game hey happy Monday night it's 8:56. along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins in Studio 99 as we will break down this one on Heartland Ford overtime open line so Rob a, a lot to talk about in this game tons of action especially if you compare it to the last game we mm. broke down here on the overtime open line the one the two nothing loss to St. Louis the offense came through, but I want to start with Jack Campbell. He gets the win. He stops 32 out of 35. In the first period, he stops 17 out of 19, and that's where he did his most important work. Uh, he did. He was excellent again. He's given the Oilers quality start after quality start, and at the end of one, the Oilers, very fortunate, only be down 2-1. Probably should have been 3 or 4-1. Uh, Campbell made some big saves. The, the Penguins had a four-minute power play with a 2-1 lead in the first period. Uh, the right then, they could have extended it to 3-1 or 4-1, and all of a sudden, it might be a different ball game. But Jack Campbell continues to give them good start after good start. He makes big saves at big moments. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Did Are you out of the room when that goes on, or are you part of that conversation? Yeah, no, uh, that's on the players. The players were, were the ones who decided to to get it together a little bit. There was um, some things in the first period that we wanted to clean up as a team, but the players are the ones that, that go out and, and do that. That's full credit, full marks to our players for playing in probably our best period of the year in the second period, and that's had us up for success tonight. So full marks to our guys. Connor crashing into the net was the reason why you had to switch the lines, and it seemed to work instantly. Uh, and I know they played together before, but can you talk about what you really liked from Kane Drysett on Yamamoto? Yeah, kind of uh, the impetus was after that power play goal, um, and um, it was out of necessity. It was just a, a gut feel, but I liked this, what I saw in the, the shift that they um, played together. And when Connor came back, talked it over with our coaches, we just felt it was, it was best to... to to keep that line together and we thought they did a good job on on Crosby's line the rest of the night and um, you know it, full marks to those three because they played a heck of a game the team maybe was poised to play a good period anyway but it seemed when Connor went down it was a bit of a jolt through the lineup did you sense that too that there was an uptick after he left yeah I would I sense something in the building I thought there was a collective holding of everyone's breath obviously when your captain goes into the net hard like that you're you want to make sure that he's okay first of all and then um, once you saw him skate off and and uh, go into the dressing room I felt better about it and then you know, I thought our power play responded and, and you know, there was some good fortune on that goal, but uh, there was some good stuff that happened on it. And from there, we, we just started to, to roll. So I think that kind of sequence of events led to that period that you saw. 
think he had eight shots that period from Evander Kane, 11 attempts. Uh, he was joking, saying he was sort of pissed because he only scored one of them. But what did you kind of see from him in that period? And you feel like his game is, is coming along? Yeah, I, I see him. I see his game really coming. Um, you know, and he's like the rest of us. He's had some good moments through the first six games here. Um, but we're searching for a level of consistency from our entire group, from our entire team. Um, we've had some really good moments and some moments we'd probably want to have back or going to have to learn from. Um, but I think we're going in the right direction here. And uh, Vander is certainly one of the guys leading the way in that charge. Yeah, that would be my question. If you could assess, you've come to the end of this opening six-game homestand. Three and three wasn't a very good number probably two weeks ago, but today it doesn't feel so bad. Uh, what are your thoughts on Yeah, I, I think um, it's an unusual way to start your season is six straight at home. Um, but the schedule is what the schedule is. Um, I thought there was good moments and then moments that are going to make us better going forward. The other thing I would say is the quality of competition that that has rolled through here. That was our third undefeated team in a row that we just saw uh, on home ice. And uh, so that's a credit to the quality of competition that we were seeing. Um, but in the end, we're just worried about us. We're worried about getting better every day. Uh, I know it's a homestand, but I thought... Um, you know, three and three at the end of it. Um, you know, we're going to take a good game or a good feeling with us on our road trip. And we know we're going to have a tiger by the tail and the St. Louis Blues. We saw what they could do when they came in here and checked hard. And, um, but I, I do believe there's some, some good footings to build, to build uh, our game as we move forward here. I heard before the players met uh, and talked to each other between the first and second period that you raised your voice a little bit. Is that? Um, I would say the reason the team played well was because the players decided to get together and, and uh, the players are the ones that solved, uh, solved um, you know, what was going on there. And uh, as I said earlier, it's a full credit to them. Jay, uh, Evan Bouchard, we've seen it, his outlet passing on the, on the Hyman goal, just starting to do that more often, just, just seen a real growth in his game, like that ability, not much going in, boom, one pass. And, yeah, he's got, uh, you know, I think that's one of his best qualities is that he's got ice water in his veins to be able to make that play. And most times uh, he's, he's got a good completion rate on it. There's the occasional turnover, but you live with that element of risk in Evan Bouchard's game. Um, I thought that was a real heads-up play by him and uh, got our team that first goal, and I didn't have to come in here and ask answer a question about why we didn't score the first goal tonight. And uh, it's six games in. Ryan McLeod has three goals. I know you, you've been a big believer in him. You've seen his development. Uh, Who is that, sir? Ryan McLeod. Yeah, Ryan. You know, three goals now in six games, and and like some pretty nice goals just yeah there's a guy who, whose offensive confidence seems to be at a much higher level and maybe just a comfort level of being more of a regular NHL yeah you know what I would say about Ryan and most people don't don't realize this but this guy works and he works to rehearse the moments that he finds himself in in games so he's working to set himself up for success when that opportunity comes he's like Evander I don't know what his final uh, shots on net were or attempts were, but he had numerous good chances earlier in the game, and then he converted that one in the third period. How about that play by Derek Ryan making, you know, having the poise to find McLeod the way he did, the way Shore drove the net? I thought they were really good for us, and I, I was happy to see that line rewarded with a goal. One last one about that yeah. line. Warren Fogle's a player who hasn't got a reward on the score sheet yet, but third period alone, there was three great chances he was a part of. Are you seeing, yeah. are you liking what you're seeing? I, I'm really liking what Warren Fogle's bringing to the table. Um, he didn't show up on the score sheet, but he, he made numerous good, subtle plays. I thought he was a big man down low. He, uh, he was tough for the other team to contain. He hit the crossbar tonight. Uh, he set some people up uh, around the blue paint. He did a lot of really good things. I'm, I'm happy with where Warren's game is at. Thank you. That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 6-3 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight at Rogers Place. Few things to talk about there, and we'll hear some of the audio from the players in which this was explained as well. 
I, don't, I hesitate to necessarily call it a players-only meeting because it would have happened quite quickly, but it seemed like there was some sort of discussion amongst the players without the coaches present during the first intermission and certainly a recognition that they needed to clean up some of the problems you and I talked about in the first period, well, uh, first intermission. I mean, it, the media is talking about it, but this happens all the time. Uh, the coach comes in, is not happy, nor should he be, and then the players will talk. It, it's, I would imagine over the course of the season, every team will probably have it a dozen to 15 times where they'll sit in the dressing room and they'll discuss things, sometimes animated, sometimes positive. There's all kinds of different ways, but it's, it's, it's not unusual. Um, I, I'd be, it would be unusual if a team doesn't do it more often. It just seems to get some play when they do. Uh, they just got vastly outplayed on home ice in a, when they have a two and three record in the first five games. I would imagine they would talk, and if they didn't, it would be kind of silly. So um, Jay Woodcroft came in and probably said his piece, and after he left, some of the leadership stood up and said theirs. So it would be that would be expected when your team has played as poorly as it did in the first period tonight. Yeah, and it was quite a turnaround. Uh, we, we mentioned the shots in the first period, 19-9 for Pittsburgh. In the second period, the Oilers outshot Pittsburgh 26-4. That's a new team record for shots on goal in a period. The old record was 24. They did that three times, including the, uh, the goalie fight game against the Calgary Flames from February of 2020. Evander Kane himself had eight shots in the second period. That ties a team record for most shots by a player in a period. Taylor Hall had eight against the Atlanta Thrashers back in the day, Rob. Here's That's the, a long time now, ago. Shots on goal are not tracked going back all the way to the history of the NHL, so you never know. Maurice Richard could have had 14 shots, and he probably did at some point, but uh, the, the league record is held by Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks in a game against Columbus. So kind of interesting. He, uh, well... He's he, not he afraid to shoot the puck. He loves to shoot. And, and he should. He's got a heavy shot. Uh, he knows where to put the puck, and he puts himself in a position to get those shots. Uh, he had another breakaway tonight that he could have ex uh, extended the lead and put, put another one behind Jari. Uh, the Oilers played well in that second period, and the Penguins play high event hockey and high event hockey is good entertainment high event hockey is not good when you're leading 3-1 in a hockey game the oil they, they they kept trying to to force plays make plays that weren't there soft plays in their own zone uh, they were trying to create things that instead of going off the glass and out would turn into a turnover and all of a sudden they stuck were stuck in their own zone for extended periods of time. I think it was a combination. The Oilers were great in that second period and the Penguins were awful. That's why you had such a, a big swing in the hockey game. Uh, the Oilers pressured and the Pittsburgh Penguins had nothing that they could do. They just don't have the defensive players to be able to compete against a team that starts rolling like the Oilers did. Well, that second period, I, at, at one point, Rob, I was thinking to myself, this is a, a kind of a bit of a scrambly, disorganized period. And then as it wore on, I was like, no, it's really just the Penguins that are, like, I mean, they were terrible. They, they were basically just hacking the puck out to center. It, well, and then that's the, when and they then got the it out. Were, and the Oilers yeah. were just regrouping and coming back in. A lot of the times they never got it out to yeah. center. and Which and is how the Oilers looked in part of the yeah. first period. Oh, 100%. But the worst player for the Penguins, and it, it kills me to say it, the worst player for the Penguins tonight was Evgeny Malkin. I, he was absolutely atrocious tonight in this hockey game. He turned the puck over four or five times on the power play. And coming up the ice, uh, trying to make passes, he, he missed passes. So when your leadership group has a really off night, and Melkin did, it's hard for your team to come away with two points, whereas the, the Oilers' leadership players were very good, and everyone else seemed to follow along. Oilers take it 6-3. Jay Woodcroft was asked about Ryan McLeod, who finished the drop pass from Derek Ryan with 3.15 left in the third period. All around a good play, I think, by mm -hmm. every Oiler on the ice there. I, you know, the, obviously, you know, 3-3, three and three, a little bit disappointing from a record standpoint. They do get the win tonight. Some things to work on. But I thought this was a very good homestand for Ryan McLeod. And yes. now, I'm not saying he's going to get 40 goals, you know, a goal <laughs> every second game. But he's starting to finish, and he's starting to be around the net much more often than he was, you know, a year, year and a half ago. One of the, uh, the best players that played in the National Hockey League, uh, Pavel Burry, when he first broke into the league, he had breakaway after breakaway after breakaway and never scored. And it takes a while to learn how to score in the National Hockey League. Now, I don't think Ryan McLeod's going to be Burry. 
because Barry was a superstar. But Ryan McLeod's going to get chances because of his speed. He creates them on his own, and then he's got teammates like Ryan tonight that created a great chance for him. And now he's learning how to score at this level. And it takes a while. And then you gain confidence, and now when you're put in that position time and time again, you've been there before. You know what to do. Uh, he's been very, very good. And what the emergence of him as a player that can drive a line, and he's driving his line, is it allows the coaching staff, if they decide they want to put Nugent Hopkins up in the top six, he can, they can do that. And because they know that McLeod, not only is he give them quality minutes defensively, he now is able to contribute offensively. So uh, tonight they... They, they, Fogel was excellent in this hockey game. That might be his best game of the season. And then they used Ryan a lot on that line. It's, that was the third line, McLeod, Ryan, and, and Fogel. So McLeod is just continuing to impress and continuing to improve. You can't teach speed, but you certainly can teach how to score a bit better. And I think he's found out how to do that. Ryan McLeod is the fourth star tonight for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. The three stars, Drysettle first star, Nugent Hopkins two, Evander Kane number three. And Rob, I, one thing I've noticed with players when they come into the league and then I'm going to exclude the, the superstars, obviously, though even to some extent you might see this, but they, obviously in the NHL you don't have a lot of time yep. to make decisions. But you don't have zero time you know you, you do have time to do something and that's what I've noticed from McLeod he now realizes even on that play I, I know he kind of was open but he still you know gathered it in put it to his forehand picked his spot you know I, I feel like sometimes players come in and they get the puck and they, and they just want to get it off the stick as quickly as possible well a it's confidence the the more you play the more success you have the more times you see things, you gain confidence, so you don't panic. And I think right now you're seeing two different players that uh, are young players on this team, Pugliarvi and McLeod. McLeod now has confidence and doesn't panic, where Yessi right now, his confidence is dwindled, and when this puck's on his stick, it's a panic situation. Uh, so McLeod, uh, he's feeling it. Now on that play, Got to give credit to both Ryan, which excellent play, but Devin Shore drove the net, took two players with him. Yeah. That's why Ryan McLeod was wide open, but he's, he finished like he'd done it before. He wasn't, when he put the puck in the net, there wasn't a surprise on his face. And sometimes with young players, when the puck goes in, it's like, oh, that split second afterwards, there's the big surprise. Oh my God, I just put it in the net. When he put it in, he knew where that puck was going and he executed perfectly. Uh, Ryan McLeod and what he's done so far early in this season, gives the Oilers uh, fans, you know, that hope that they've got depth down their lineup that when the big two or big four are slowed in a game, someone else could contribute. That's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Oilers take down the Penguins 6-3. Oilers are now 3-3 three three on the season. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll go to the open line. We have goalie Greg standing by. Double G, go ahead. Hey, guys. Actually, I just want your opinion on a couple things tonight. Um, so I'm just wondering, uh, what do you think of Campbell uh, so far this season? And uh, I heard, uh, I don't know if it was Bob or Jack, saying that Hextall had chased you down halfway down the ice at one point for running up the score. So I'm just wondering if you well, can uh, well uh, elaborate on that well, story. We've told that If you want, you can, you can find it on YouTube because every just kid I've ever Hextall coached, Chase yeah, Brown. It'll every be kid there. I've ever coached has seen that and asked me about it. It wasn't halfway down the ice. He did it to the blue line, and I outraced him. And you guys barely won that game. You weren't well, actually, up the score. That was the ninth goal in the game, but I think it turned out to be the game winner. Yeah. They came back in the game. It was 10-8, I think. Yeah. I, I, for years, I wondered why he chased me, but I scored the eighth and ninth goals in that game, and I remember I, I watched a video just recently on the eighth goal. I really celebrated in front of him. So I think he was still angry from the eighth goal because the ninth goal, I didn't have time to celebrate. He was already chasing me. As for Campbell, I think Campbell's been good. Yeah. I really do. I, I think uh, the numbers probably don't show as well as he's played. Yeah. I think the Oilers have had some hiccups defensively. I think they've given up too many grade-A scoring chances early in the season. But I think Campbell has given them the saves when they've needed it. So I think Campbell has been good. He'll go to three and two now. His save percentage will still be probably just a little under 900. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, and part of that is because and his goals against average of 3.82, so that'll go down a little bit. A lot of that is on the Calgary game. He gave up four goals. Yep. Uh, I think it was on 11 shots. A again, the Oilers weren't strong in front of him. He's made some excellent saves. I, I mean, mm -hmm. we talked about the first period tonight. He, you know, there was a low event game against St. Louis. I mean, he probably made three or four great saves. Bennington probably made a couple, but they still made them. Uh, Skinner was excellent in relief against Calgary. Yep. Goaltending hasn't uh, been an issue. I mean, Skinner got the loss against Buffalo, but that was more... Comrie, yeah. <laughs> Comrie won that one. Skinner didn't lose it. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, the Oilers are, a lot of the team is back. And, and last season, did they have defensive lapses? Yes. Are, are they a strong defensive team? I don't, that's not how they're built. Nope. Um, but I, I feel like if they would have had a six game stretch last season in which they went three and three, we probably would have been talking about one of those losses and saying, well, they didn't play great, but also the goalie did nothing to, to bail them out. Like, the, the three games they lost, I can't say that the goaltending was one of the problems in any of those games. No, I, I think uh, the goaltending has been a strength. It was a strength in the preseason. I think the goaltending has been fine to start the year. I think there's some things they have to clean up defensively. Uh, but when the Oilers' forwards get rolling like they did tonight, uh, they've got depth up front. They've got superstars. They've got two lines. This is a, a good hockey club that is better in high event games and that's why when you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and you continue to play high event it was not going to work out in, for, in your favor the Oilers just have too many weapons up front Penguins one for five on the power play Oilers one for three uh the one power what was it Rob 14 seconds or something like that they each had a four yeah they each had a 13 second power play so counts as a as an offer but uh the official stats will be one for five for the Penguins one for three for the Oilers uh, as, as I said, Connor McDavid does not get a point tonight as the Oilers score six times. Sidney Crosby gets a goal. He didn't get that uh, 900th assist we were talking about before the game, so that'll wait. Their combined ice time, well, they almost played the exact amount of time. McDavid was 19:14. Crosby was 19:12. So they are under the 44 minutes that I set the line for River Creek Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Set the line before the game. So the uh, under... Who took the under? Blair had the under. So Blair gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card under 44 minutes. The only way it was going to be over is if the Oilers were trailing. And then Connor was going to play a lot more. Got like, up to 24. Yeah. Crosby got to 20 or something but like that. I, Crosby, that was an honor of you, I said, at a 44. It was, I know. I appreciate that. But, uh, the Penguins, Crosby doesn't play as much uh, as Connor. So it was going to be on the back of whether Connor played his 24 to 27 minutes, whatever he needed. Uh, but the Oilers got the lead. They played very well. And uh, the other thing, too, is Connor didn't get a point. This is back-to-back -back games without a point for McDavid. You know there's going to be an explosion. Right now, the St. Louis Blues coaching staff's going, oh, no. Let it, please don't let it be in, in St. Louis on Wednesday night because it is going to happen. As, uh, he had some chances tonight. The puck wasn't going in for him. Those eventually find the back of the net for he and his line mates. Okay, Oilers take it 6-3. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, what do you think you guys kind of found, I guess, in that second period that had, that had been missing? Uh, our legs. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were just <clears throat> not, not skating, and it seems to be... Uh, you know, very, very obvious with our group that the second we start skating and, and start being engaged, we're extremely hard to stop. It just takes us too long to, to get to that point um, as of right now. Uh, so that's that's something we can obviously work on. A couple of the players, uh, Ryan outside, Tyson inside, kind of the first intermission, there was a bit of a, you know, just an open session of you guys discussing maybe the first period. How much of that kind of pushed you forward into the scene? Well, it, it obviously did. It helped us. Um, you know, we, we took too many penalties. Um, you know, when you're almost half a period shorthanded, you get guys out of rhythm, uh, guys not in the game, and then it's um, it's hard to find your your legs, uh, especially early on. So, um, obviously, proud of the group, the way we responded in the second and third. But um, 
we, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to rally back from two or three goals that we did. Leon, it wasn't just the, the team that because of the Connor going down briefly, the lines got switched and you went with Vander and, and Kyler. You seemed to have instant chemistry. You guys uh, really kind of took over in that second period. Your lines specifically. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I thought we we got our legs going there a little bit and, and just forced forced them to make some mistakes and capitalized on it. And um, obviously, too, um, very smart very smart players that know where to go and, and, and you know it's a good good mix between those two right so um, yeah I thought I thought we play well. Can you talk about the importance of Campbell in the first period you mentioned you guys went really kind of kept Yeah he was, he was great again. Uh, gave us a big time chance last game, kept us in it this game. Um, he's he's been amazing for us uh, all season. Uh, so uh, very lucky, very happy to have him. The, uh, you got three and three in this homestand. Probably when you started, you wanted better, but coming out of it, three and three doesn't feel so bad. Uh, you go on the road now. Is that probably good for this team? Uh, yeah, we we played some really good teams here early on too. Um, we're a good team, but. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I think we're um, not necessarily happy with where we're at right now. Uh, but, you know, it's a great chance for us to go on the road and, and build build a road game. And, and um, yeah, just just be, be with the guys. I think we're all uh, very excited about that. How good a sign is it, Leon, when you guys address something as a group like that, that you responded the way you did as a group? <clears throat> In the second period, you mean? Yeah, in the second period. Tyson yeah. said after the first, uh, uh, you guys had a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's big, and and you know, no one no one needs to tell us um, what what to do or what to change. We we know better than anyone if, if we're not going. Uh, you know, and, and it's happened too much this season so far. So we're 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 looking for for a 60-minute game. Uh, that's the way we prepare. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we we got to find uh, we got to find a 60-minute game here pretty soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. That is Leon Dreisaitl. He has a goal and two assists tonight. He's plus two. He's the first star. Played 17-17. Had four shots on goal. Couple of hits. Took 25 face-offs. Won 12 of them for 48%. Uh, he was very busy in the circle. Connor McDavid, by the way, won seven out of it. Out of his eight face-offs, the Oilers were 54% in the dot tonight. They beat the Penguins 6-3. You're still going to hear from Tyson Berry and Evander Kane. The number to get us is 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Live. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And Zucker gets the puck oh. on the right side. Oh, he gets hit by Nimalainen. And the puck goes into the Oiler end. Oh, 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 man. He could have got hit a little that worse. Zucker did not yeah. like that. Well, Marcus Niemelainen not afraid to step up on an opposing player, credited with four hits tonight in 9:13 of ice time. That's your crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family. Niemelainen not playing a ton, but playing quiet. With playing, uh, you know, I think quiet when he has the puck, and every once in a while does something. A little bit aggressive, which I don't mind. Oh, it's funny. Uh, the guy that the Oilers had the last couple of years was Archibald. That was the, the physical player that would... He was more of a little... Agitator, but, wasn't yeah. it, but it was physical. But yeah. in tonight's game, Archibald ran Niemelainen. And right by the boards, Niemelainen went flying, and then Niemelainen got him back and just missed completely destroying Archibald. Uh, teams around the league... We'll be talking. They know that Niemelainen, when he's on the ice, keep your head up because he finishes every check, sometimes a second or two after the puck is gone. Uh, just uh, puts a little bit of hesitation in the opposition. But what we haven't seen out of Niemelainen is a big mistake. You know, he's not getting huge minutes, and they're protecting his minutes with the, who they're putting him out against. But I can't remember in the minutes that he's played this year somewhere where he's like... Pff, he probably wants that one back, so he's he's kept it simple. He's been hard on the other team, and he's starting to slowly earn the trust of the coaching staff. So I mentioned earlier, McDavid left this game in the second period. 16 and a half minutes left. He passed to Yamamoto, who was going to have an open look, bobbled the puck, and I, I think Yamamoto yeah, probably had a couple tonight. He would he would yes. look back, but. And McDavid continued to drive the net on the play. Petrie took him down. McDavid was kind of spun and went into the goalpost back first. 
We were just watching the replay again. He kind of started to get up and then and then crumpled down to the ice. He got looked at. He returned when with 13-19 left. So he missed three minutes and 11 seconds of game time. There was a commercial in there, so he was probably gone seven or eight minutes. Well, there's a lot of things that happen in that too. I mean, your back could just go into spasm. And anybody that's had back spasms know how painful they are. And they just, your back seizes. Um, you and I were just talking off air. The running into the neck isn't as painful as it used to be when the nets didn't move, right. when they were pegged in there and didn't matter how hard you hit the net, it was staying in position. So your body was the part that moved. But I don't know if anyone's ever skated as fast as Connor McDavid in the history of the NHL. So he's going in with a little bit of force. But to me, it, it hit an area where there was no padding and I mean, it, it hurts. <laughs> the, the post is made of metal. So it hurt, and I think my guess is he probably had a bit of a spasm or something along that line, and when he got up, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to take my time, no use rushing this, but fortunately for, to the glee of his teammates and a lot of people in the stands, he was able to come out very quickly afterwards and take another shift. Yeah, well, and that moved things around as well, because Drysaddle went up with Kane and Yamamoto, thought that line was very good and then McDavid was with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman I wonder if they'll they'll stay that way to start the next game see I, I've said from the beginning I like Kane with Leon because I think Kane's a pure scorer and I think Leon's a pure passer so I, I like when they play together it just their big bodies down low where they can score off the rush but they can also get that uh, cycle going down low and nobody can get the puck off of either one of them I mean Kane just had the goal tonight but he easily could have had three or four and whoever plays with Connor McDavid he makes them better simply by creating things out of nothing and then they're there uh, usually with a backdoor wide open net um, lines in the National Hockey League are more uh, fluid than ever before where you might start the game with two guys and you see someone in the middle period, then in the third period you're going to finish with these guys. The ability of players to adapt to different line mates are much better nowadays than they were in years gone by. All right, we'll get you caught up on the other town scoreboard. You're going to hear from Tyson Berry and Evander Kane. We're happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. After falling behind 3-1 early in the second period, the Oilers explode five straight goals. They have beaten the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3. We're live in Studio 99, back in a couple minutes for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now out to Joseph, he'll give it to Raquel. One time shot and a bad save made by Campbell. Yeah, good performance by Oilers netminder Jack Campbell. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He stops 32 as the Oilers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3 tonight. Campbell especially busy in the first period. The Oilers didn't play well in the opening 20 minutes. He stopped 17 out of 19 to prevent the Penguins from pulling away early. Also in the NHL tonight, Vancouver trying to get a win. 1-1 with Carolina after the first. In the second period, Maple Leafs and Golden Knights tied 1-1. Phil Kessel, 989 consecutive games. Ties Keith Yandel for the all-time record for consecutive games played. Capitals over the Devils, 6-3. Senators, they're off to a decent start. They beat Dallas 4-2. Brady Kachuk scoring again. He now has five on the season. And the Jets shut out the Blues 4-0. The Blues, the Oilers' next opponent. Hellebuck, the shutout. Mark Scheifele had his fourth. Sam Gagne scored again. He's up three goals on the season. Pretty good season for Sam Gagne right now. Three goals, probably signed as a, you know, an emergency guy, someone depth player. He's got three goals. Nice for him. And Monday Night Football, it is the Bears over the Patriots, 33-14. Raptors win 98-90 over the Heat. The scoreboard is presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. 780-496-0063. We'll get to uh, a couple of your phone calls here in a second, Rob. Look, the Oilers, you know, the, the journey for the season is starting. We'll see how things play out. Um, we talked about some positives. Jesse Pugliarvi. Zero points. Mm -hmm. Kyler Yamamoto, one point. And playing minutes with in the top six. Yamo, and he started. Especially. Yamo started slow last year too. He did. Um, 
tonight Yamo had a bunch of opportunities. So you like to see the opportunities. Uh, but they he fumbled a couple of those, and that's to me someone that's pressing. Uh, when you're a, an offensive player, you look at the stats to see where you are. So when you got zeros coming into a game, you feel the pressure, the added pressure. When you're playing with Connor or Leon, you, the expectation is when you get your chances, you put them in because your line has to score to win hockey games. So there does look like the, there is a bit of pressure on Yamo and maybe he's holding the stick a little tight. Uh, Yessi, to me, he, and this is a, and I'm cheering for Yessi Pugliarvi, and the Oilers are a better hockey club if Yessi could find his game. But tonight there's a great example. The Oilers were on the power play. Second unit was out there, which they don't get much time, but they're out there, and Yessi turned the puck over twice. And not major turnovers, but didn't make plays. He left the ice, and someone else came on. When instead of being a guy that gets angry and I'm getting not, I'm going out there. I'm going to make something happen. He just left the ice, put his head down on the bench, and someone came on. They still had 35 seconds on the second power play, and they actually created a couple chances after that. That to me is a guy right now that's fighting it confidence-wise. Instead of saying, you know what, I made two mistakes. I'm going to go out there and make amends. I'm going to go score a goal. He, instead, he just went to the bench. So uh, eventually in this game, I, I, because they had the lead late, he got some ice time that way, but they, the third line became Fogel, McLeod, and Ryan for a long stretch of when the game was still in the balance. So that shows that the coaching staff right now had a little bit more faith in Derek Ryan, who had a good game and made a really nice play than they did in Jesse Pugliarvi. Oilers take it 6-3. Penguins' first regulation loss of the season. They're 4-1-1. Oilers are now 3-3. Three three. We'll go to the open line. We have Tony standing by. Tony, what's on your mind? I have a couple questions for you guys because I've been... No I've um, there's one about Pulley and one about the the defensive pairing of uh, Ryan Murray and Evan Bouchard. I think, uh, you know, I understand why they keep why Woodcock is keeping Bouchard and Murray together, but it just seems like every time, like a lot of goals when they're on the ice are happening when they're on the ice, and I want to know. Would you change a pairing with somebody, like with another guy on the defense? And how will Yesipuliyarvi be able to get his confidence back? Because it just seems like he's fighting the puck too much. Well, I, I think in terms of the pairings, it, it is interesting because they, they kind of half do have another pairing because mm -hmm. Niemalainen and Murray are basically splitting the game now. Murray played 10-04, Niemalainen played 9-13. So they, they kind of do have an, another uh, the partner for Barry besides Murray. It, it's Nima Linen. I'm sure the pairings are going to change throughout the season, especially with those bottom five guys. Nurse and CeCe play together a lot. And it, it, cha it changed all through. It depends on if they're at the end of a power play, at the end of a penalty kill. So it, they have been changing. I think this was also, as we talked about after the first period, there have been a lot of struggles for the Oilers defensively this season and I don't think it's always just been on the defense men nope. on the ice it's been on defending okay well there's times that well gee a, de a defenseman doesn't stop a pass on a three on two and there's a backdoor chance but as I talked about after the first period Rob there have been three on threes where a forward's gone to the wrong man or mm -hmm. stopped skating yep. well I don't blame a defenseman if he thinks okay my back checker's got got Crosby and then <laughs> the back checker peels off or stops skating or when a defenseman pinches right. in the right spot and all of a sudden the center that was high at that point he he cheats the opposite way and now it turns into an odd break the Oilers yes I agree the Oilers have had some defensive difficulties some have been on the defenseman but a lot of it has been on poor coverage Just team, 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 defense. team yeah. defense yeah guys now, cheating now Bouchard has had a couple tough games I mean we said it the other night we, we, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to turn into whatever, Darian, Darian yeah. Hatcher, yeah, whoever, no. like some big hitter or something like that. Hopefully he keeps working on that part of his game. He's good with the puck on a stick. To me, the problem with Bouchard on other games in this homestand was he had the puck on a stick and he gave it to the wrong team. Tonight, that, was, that wasn't a problem because no. he made a couple of beautiful plays. He was very good in the game tonight. Um, but it's one of those, he's a guy that is a high event player. 
So when he has the puck, something always happens, whether it be good, whether it be bad. Tonight, it was mainly good. He made a ton of really good choices today with the puck on his stick. He was very good. For the most part, most of the, well, for the final 40 minutes of this hockey game, everybody was good. As for Jesse Pugliarpi, how do you get confidence? Well, for a goal scorer, the puck has to go on the back of the net. Yeah. And it hasn't. Uh, he's, we're six games in. He's got zeros across the board, other in the plus minus, and I think he's minus six on the season, which could be. I could be wrong, but I think that's the worst on the team. Yeah. So he just, he, he lacks confidence. He's, when the puck's on his stick, there's a panic. It's just, as, as you were saying with Ryan McLeod, no, feels he's got that extra second to make a play. Yes, he's not thinking that way. He's just getting rid of the puck as quick as he does. Um, it's been his, well, that's been his bugaboo the entire time that he's been with the others is when he feels good, he's, he's electric out there. He gets the entire crowd going. He gets his teammates going. When he's not feeling it, well, all of a sudden it becomes a very quiet night for Yessi. It's, we discuss this often, the, the mental side of the game. All these guys in the NHL are have skill, have mm -hmm. talent, are in, are in good shape. And are, most of them were great know, players before they got here. They're physically yeah. gifted. Probably a little, you know, you get a little bit of luck in the gene pool mm -hmm. or whatever, and then and then you work at it. And then, but so now all these guys are in the top, you know, whatever, point zero zero one of hockey percentage players in the world. Well, what separates them among that? And I usually tell this story about once a year, and I'm going to tell it tonight. This was a few years ago at the Penticton tournament, several years ago, because uh, Jerry Fleming was still coaching the... Uh, Minor the Condors, but they might have even still been Oklahoma City at the time. And we were talking about a player that had, the Oilers had drafted. I won't say which player. It doesn't matter. He never wound up making the NHL. But, he, you know, he's a pretty good junior player. Now he was going to either like his third or fourth year with the Condors. And he, or the, maybe it was the Thunder at the time, whatever. You know, and, and he put up points, but he you know, wasn't getting called up. And I, we were talking about this player, and Fleming said, you know, if you're going to play in the NHL, you have to kind of have that screw you mentality. You know, obviously he mm -hmm. used other words, but, and he said, you know, yeah, you have to be able to line up across from the other guy and think to yourself, oh yeah, you think you're good? You know, screw you, I'm, I'm gonna show you. Or, yeah, you know what coach, I'm minus two mm -hmm. tonight, put me out there. Yep. I'm gonna be plus two by the end of the game. You know, and it's not easy. Nope. Um, but some I, people, I, it's not in their DNA. It's not in their DA, DNA, but I think we've seen some players learn it or perhaps expand on previous... Like, I would say I would say Leon Dreisaitl, as great oh. as he is and as talented as he is, he's taken that screw-you mentality to an NHL level. Oh, God, yeah. Because if he would have kept it at where it was at his junior days, well, he'd probably still be a you know, 60, 70 point player, he'd be pretty good. But now he goes out there and he says, come and get me. I'm, I'm going to show you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, does yes, he have that in him? Does, does, you know, maybe some of the other players who might struggle at times. Well, and that goes back to what we talked about on the power play where he left the ice. Instead of saying, hey, screw you. I'm going to go out and score a goal. I'm going to go into the front of the net. I'm going to take a pounding and I'm going to be rewarded for it. He went to the bench and changed. And I agree 100% with that. You have to have that belief that I'm better than you and I'm going to show you I'm better than you. And then after I do that, I'm going to celebrate the fact that I'm better right. than you. And, and you have to have it at this level because the guy you're playing against has it. So if you don't, right. you're starting behind the eight ball. So, yes, I think that is a big thing. And the, the, the colorful language is usually what you use in the dressing room <laughs> when you're saying what, what you're really thinking. And, again, you're, and you also, to the coach, too. There's, there's been coaches that will bench you. So when, when you get benched and you finally get your shot, it's like, you know what? <laughs> you coach, watch this. Yeah. Watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. You, you're going to keep this on the bench? I don't think so. Yeah. So you have to have that ability to uh, go out there and, and do it for yourself some point at yeah. some time. Well, yeah. and, that, and, and it is interesting because we, we, we talked about the mistake, uh, was it last game? No, against Carolina. The Oilers won that neutral zone faceoff. And instead of flipping the puck out to center, Kane put that pass into the middle to CeCe, and it got stolen because Kane didn't put enough on it. Yep. And that was, uh, was it Ajo? Ajo, yeah. Breakaway with about a minute left. Yep. Woodcroft put Hyman on the ice. So, okay, so you might say, well, he's punishing Kane. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as he's, he's saying, okay, Vander, I'm, you're going to be on the ice in that situation again. 
I got to trust you. So you better bear. I don't care if, if you score 50 this year or however many, you know, like we need you to perform in that situation. Well, I want to be able to use you, but you have to bear down and make the right play. Well, what he's saying is he's, he doesn't care if he does it against Carolina in game four or if he does it against Buffalo in game 17. He cares that in game three of the Stanley Cup semifinals when you're playing the Colorado Avalanche, I want to be able to put you out there and know you're going to make the right play. This is all a dress rehearsal for the playoffs. The Oilers are a playoff team. And the Oilers are a team that has a chance to go far in the playoffs. Everything they're doing right now is building towards that. Everything they're teaching, um, every time they, the coach makes a decision, it's all based on where we're going, not where we were in the past. And yes, and guess what? The next time Kane's out there, they're going to score a short uh, goal into an empty net because he's going to make the right play. So yeah, you got to have that belief in yourself that you know what? Yeah, screw you, coach. I am a better player than you gave me credit for. All right, Oilers win 6-3 over the Penguins, 780-496-0063. We have Jared standing by. Jared, good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Great show tonight. I uh, didn't get to listen to you. I was at the game tonight, though. Um, just wanted to say, uh, Oilers, they started off a little sluggish. Um, but in the second half there, uh, Connor gets injured. And that seemed to kind of light a spark under the Oilers. Um, you kind of see it happen as well with Pittsburgh when Crosby goes down, Malkin steps up. Um, I felt the same way tonight with Dreisaitl picking up his game and then the rest of the guys kind of jumped on his shoulders or on his back as well. And, and then it was a great game to watch. Yeah, well, they were... Uh Yes, they were there. They were a whole bucket full of slugs <laughs> in the first period. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think if there was a, a point that shifted it, it, it might have been. Now, we should also note the Petrie was penalized. Yeah, so, so the they went on a power play. The Oilers scored on the power yes. play, and they got a bounce, but they, they were starting to direct so many pucks towards the net that something was bound to go in. The goal scorer, he got credit for it. It went in off a, a Penguins defender, was Tyson Berry. Here he is. Listen, it seemed Connor went down. It just seemed to ignite your whole team. You had a huge jump right after that. Yeah, I mean, we had a, I mean, quite frankly, we had a, a, a not a very good first period. So we had a little chat in here after the first, and uh, we just all had more to give. And you never want to see Connor go down. And uh, it was nice to get him back quick, but um, we had a heck of a second period and just continued to push and, and build off that. When you said you guys had a chat, what did you identify as the issue among yourselves? Uh, it was just, you know, to a to a guy, everyone just having more and just winning your little 50-50 battles and mm -hmm. skating you know it just seemed like we were flat-footed we were getting beat to pucks and um, just wasn't uh, the effort wasn't there it didn't seem like so um, got to give credit to the guys in here to, to come out and um, against a good team to, to put a two periods like that together. 29 uh, drive settle specifically seemed to take the reins offensively like the way a leader I guess is supposed to is that fair? Yeah yeah he stepped up big time and I mean Big plays. Kaner, Kaner made some big plays. Obviously, Trout's goal was uh, pretty special, and um, yeah, it kind of got us going. All right, that is Tyson Berry after the Oilers' 6-3 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're also going to hear from Evander Kane. You can chime in 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bad save made by Jari. Dry settle out to Kane. Scores! Evander Kane finds some room on the short side. And this game is tied at three. And the Oilers would roll from there. In fact, they would score three goals in about four and a half minutes late in the second period to take control. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3. Connor McDavid held without a point, Rob, for the uh, 120th time in his career. I didn't think it would be that many. Oh my I, I was trying to do a search here. I'm going to assume that that's the most goals the Oilers have scored in a game in which McDavid get a point, didn't get a point. You know what I'm saying? I do. That might take I you mean, a while every, to search every time that. They've been well, I thought it might uh, show the team I, goals when I did this, but it didn't. I'm but. still shocked that he's been held pointless 120 times. That's I never would have thought that. I thought that number well, really high, Well, you probably get shut out three to five times a year. Yeah, but three to five times a year, he's only played for... Times, so that's in the that, 20s, you know. <laughs> But that's 120. So I, I'm shocked by that number. Um, I do know that when I played, 
if we ever played against a team that had been a good team that's been on a losing streak, you are fearful because oh, okay, they're eventually they're too good to not win a game. And then whenever you played a star player who had had a couple off nights, you're like oh, just dreading the next game because you know he's going to explode for five or six because at the end of the year the, the point total always equals Seems out to get into a certain so range, so yeah. now if he's if he's gone two games without a point that means he's a two-point a game guy that means there's a six-point game coming up some point you're like oh please don't be us tonight so connor is going to have a big game at some point soon st louis blues are hoping it's against the chicago blackhawks On. and not themselves so mcdavid had uh two shots tonight kane finished with nine as i mentioned he had eight in the second period bouchard with six shots uh, Hyman had four shots scored on a breakaway. He, he was very good tonight. Solid night. Yep. Yes. And uh, so 47-35 were the shots for the Oilers. If you missed it earlier, 26 shots in the second period. They outshot the Penguins 26-4 in the second. The 26 is a new team record for shots in a period. On three occasions, they had had 24. The last time was the goalie fight game against the Flames in which the Oilers won 8-3. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Winger Evander Kane. Started feeling it in that period a fair amount, I guess. Well, not really, because I only had one goal. So, um, but yeah, you know, I thought we did a lot of good things to create uh, create opportunities. Um, you know, it was a good, it was a big period for uh, you know this homestand, and, and I thought we did a good job executing when we had to. So, um, you know, I thought a big reason was because we got pucks in it. You know, breaks on their coverage, it creates confusion in their D zone, and uh, we got a lot of seconds and thirds off that. So that's something we need to continue to do. The line juggling, and I know it was because Connor crashed in the net, but right away it seemed to work. You, Leon, and, and Kyler had instant chemistry. Ever put a finger on why that works so quickly? I mean, we've played together lots before. Um, sometimes uh, certain games and certain situations. Uh, a different look or a different feel um, creates some positive things, and I think both lines, uh, both lines uh, had that. You know, Connor Nuge and uh, Himes uh, did a really good job as well. So, um, you know, we've we've done a lot of mixing and matching these these first six games. So, I think we're pretty used to it by now. Bit of a jolt for the group when you see Connor go down like that and leave the game. Like you guys seem to really elevate immediately after. Yeah, I uh, got the power play goal there, which I thought was huge. Um, yeah, I didn't really actually see what happened when he went down. I was just kind of focused uh, on Yamo when he made the pass to him on the two-on-one. But uh, obviously, it was great to see him back so quick um, and, and able to help contribute uh, to this win. All right, that's Evander Kane of the Edmonton Oilers. Victorious tonight, 6-3 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Get more on this game, more on the team on 630jet.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow with Bob Stoffer. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Luke Gazdick and Kelly Rudy scheduled to join me. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chet, thanks to Brendan Escott for gathering our post-game sound. Next game broadcast is Wednesday. Oilers at Blues, face-off show at 4.30, and the puck will drop at 6. We've been live in Studio 99, Edmonton Oilers Hockey, presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6-3, Oilers beat Pittsburgh. Thank you.